We hear the term IQ used a lot to measure a person's intelligence, but oftentimes, especially in the education system, we don't acknowledge that there are different types of intelligence. Yeah, we tend to assume that there is only intelligent and not intelligent, which is a huge mistake. Education has been built around this notion, which leads many people to underestimate their own value and essentially sell themselves short. She, a podcast for the non-traditional woman. I'm Tiana. And I'm Sophie. And, and we're, we're a, a couple. couple. Join us as we break down the modern feminine experience and explore an alternative view on what it means to be a woman in today's society. Hey everyone, and welcome to our 27th episode of She an acronym for Shifting Her Experience. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Shifting Her Experience and send us a DM to be featured as our next woman of the week. Yeah, and thank you to everyone who has been rating our podcast on Apple. We see you (laughs) and uh, we're so thankful that you've taken the time to do that. And also thank you to those of you that have been reading our articles on ShiftingHerExperience.com. Yes, thank you so much. We really want to get non-traditional content out there to you guys in all different forms. So we want to jump right in today by shouting out our woman of the week, Fadia Coco, who listens to our podcasts every Tuesday and is a super independent woman herself. So thank you, Fadia. Yeah, thanks, Fadia. So today's episode, we're going to be discussing the different types of intelligence. You know, it's no secret that there's more to being smart than just being good at maths or science or getting all A's in school. But as a society, we tend to value certain intelligences over others. The education system and the way we teach kids as well doesn't allow for them to always explore what they're good at. Yeah, exactly. It's a pretty linear system. You know, you take a certain amount of subjects growing up with maybe a few classes you can choose from and you sit in a classroom or nowadays you attend classes online virtually, but then you write exams and tests to prove that you know everything that you've been taught when in reality, this is not how everyone learns. Exactly. Is it really the most effective way to learn? Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> no, when I think of school or even college for that matter, I think of it as a memory game you know too much emphasis in my experience anyway has been placed on reading a book learning it and having a test to see how much I remember of it that's so true yeah and we're not like being tested on our intelligence in this case we're being tested on our memory and not everyone learns like this I just feel like we don't discuss enough in school I mean I would have loved to have sat in a classroom having a conversation with my teachers and classmates about what we were actually learning and you know engage in the subject rather than sit in a room where one person dictates how everyone else learns and not to mention the hierarchy and balance between teachers and students um there are many reasons why learning is so complex and yeah like you said not everybody learns the same way but teachers teach students as if they do yeah that's very true and People only sometimes realize their intelligence after they leave a school environment. I knew a lot of people in high school and university, too, that were super intelligent and now are very successful people, but didn't necessarily like get the best grades. And that's okay. And this is coming from someone like me who used to place a high importance on graduating university with like straight A's. And I still, of course, recognize that the system is flawed. I had to find a way of learning that worked for me because taking notes and doing exams just didn't work for me. So what things then did you have to come up to for yourself in order to learn the way you learn? Yeah, I still remember to this day, I was the type of person that would have to 
always attend class as in attend class and listen if i was taking notes that was distracting me from listening so i had to process sit there in class and process the information take it in and you know sometimes teachers especially in like high school would ask oh why aren't you taking notes and i'm like i'll make notes after i need to absorb the information first that's so interesting i was the opposite i had to write the notes and then read it later on my own and and i needed space and time to do that because i had a bad memory so like i had to write the notes down and then internalize it on my own in my on my own terms in my own time well teachers encourage you to take notes take notes they once again think that is the way to remember stuff and for me I was distracted taking Mm. notes and I would forget what I was learning yeah see I mean we there's a great example of like how we all learn differently with teachers yeah they don't consider that and yeah that was a good question well yeah you know I didn't get the best grades in school or college (laughs) for that matter um I mean, I always passed, but my grades weren't always what I strived for. And I studied really hard, but the grades didn't match the results I was getting. And this really bothered me um, because I believed myself to be smart and still my grades were telling me otherwise. So yeah, we're led to believe that we're not intelligent if we don't get straight A's, which is obviously not true. And the way we're evaluated on the material we learn in school isn't an optimal learning style for everybody like we were just talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I guess like for me, I found myself with this like friction of knowing, well, I am intelligent in many areas, but it wasn't translating somehow when I was seeing my results. And, you know, this is a non-traditional way of looking at intelligence. And, you know, being non-traditional means questioning the benchmark of intelligence and what intellect actually means. You know, you're realizing that there are different types of intelligence, not only what we've been taught to believe. And we'll get into why we think this secret was hidden from us later on. (laughs) Well, it's non-traditional to think of intelligence as more than just good grades and schooling. So there are all kinds of smart and some people are naturally inclined to be strong at mathematics, let's say, which is so great. But some people are more musically inclined or verbally intelligent. So we really want to look at these from the non-traditional perspective of you can still succeed in life even if the education system doesn't work in your favor yeah once we become more aware of these different intelligence types we embrace the intelligence that we know we always had and we milk it you know we perfect it and acknowledge it yeah because to say one is better than the other is far too controlling you know it stops people from tapping into their own personal skills and talents because they believe that subjects like maths and science are the ones that will get them far in life Exactly. And we'll get into that in a sec. So Howard Gardner, a Harvard psychologist, identified and developed that there are eight different types of intelligences. So we can read out the eight here uh, and just chat about them. So yes. So there is interpersonal intelligence, intrapersonal intelligence, mathematical intelligence, music intelligence, kinesthetic intelligence, visual spatial intelligence, linguistic verbal intelligence, and naturalistic intelligence. Definitely was a mouthful to say all of those. (laughs) Um, Well, some of them we know are self-explanatory, but let's chat. So starting with the first one you read on the list, interpersonal intelligence. So this is people who are good at understanding and interacting with other people. These individuals are skilled at assessing the emotions, motivations, desires, and intentions of those around them. This is you. (laughs) This is me for sure. It is you, yeah. I'm a very social person and I'm always able to like read the room or even just a person's emotions when I'm talking to them. 
it's interesting because this intelligence, in my opinion, does help you communicate, which is why I think this one also kind of ties into linguistic verbal intelligence that you mentioned, at least in my mind, because it's about knowing how to communicate. And I think that might be my primary intelligence. It definitely is. I mean, well, it does say here actually that a characteristic of someone with interpersonal intelligence is also skilled at communication, both verbally and non-verbally. And this is definitely you. (laughs) Well, yeah, some examples of career paths that people with this tend to go into would be like psychologist, PR person, politician, entrepreneur, or if you're like me, maybe you just love speaking to people on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you're very good at speaking outside of the podcast too. Um, Have you guys seen Tiana talk on our live on Instagram and TikTok? (laughs) Because she's an excellent speaker there. And yeah, you're so talented at um, improv and just keeping the conversation rolling as well, you know, so definitely this is you. (laughs) Well, I mean, like you did host... Yes. And not everyone is a good host at yeah. their job. Just I mean, being able to keep talking. like Exactly. Is. And you're well able for that. <laughs> but you knew you were good at like speaking and you were good at like, this is your intelligence. You know, you were good at communication and you pursued it when you worked um, as a host. So, I mean, that's the point I was making earlier about like milking your skill and milking yeah. your intelligence. Thanks, Soph. No problem. But yeah, of course, you know, these characteristics can be really applied to a lot of different jobs. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the next intelligence then on our list is intrapersonal intelligence. Yeah, they sound very similar. So intrapersonal intelligence with an A would actually be you, Soph. Um, People who are strong in intrapersonal intelligence are good at being aware of their own emotional states, feelings, and motivations. So they tend to enjoy self-reflection and analysis, including daydreaming, exploring relationships, and assessing their potential strengths. (laughs) Daydreaming, yeah, that definitely sounds familiar. I was always daydreaming in the class when I should have been listening. (laughs) Well, this is also you because one of the main career paths that people with intrapersonal intelligence go into is writing. And for those of you who may not know, Sophie is a brilliant writer. Stop it. (laughs) We're just full of compliments so far. (laughs) But that is funny, though. I mean, I see here it also says uh, people with this intelligence like philosophy, which is interesting because I studied philosophy and psychology uh, in college. But I'm not surprised because these subjects involve a lot of thinking and pondering and wondering. So, yeah, intrapersonal for sure. That's me. I know. (laughs) Intrapersonal intelligence is very much a strength of yours and an intelligence you're really, really strong in. Uh, So the next intelligence is one that I actually have none of, and it's mathematical intelligence. I think this is often associated with analyzing a big part of IQ. Yeah, I think it is. And I'm also not great at maths either. Um, There's such a heavy focus placed on maths in school, though. And I feel like if you were good at maths in school, you were considered smart. Yeah, math equals smart. Yeah. mm -hmm. And if you were good at art, for example, you were just creative. But you weren't considered smart, you know? Isn't that really sad? Such a good point. I'm really happy you said that. Yeah. Yeah. And while I always wanted to understand the basics of maths, I didn't mind that it was my worst subject either. I actually loved when I did understand maths. I just didn't try to put all of my attention into it because... I knew my brain just didn't understand it easily. So. Oh, same. My brain like cannot compute math easily. I think for a long time in high school, that was something people were ashamed to admit. But I remember actually being honest with myself really early on about this, so much so that I opted not to continue with math, you know, past the point where you didn't have to in high school. And instead, like I was working on camera after school at a TV network because I knew that's what I was good at. 
she was famous no I wasn't <laughs> <laughs> but no exactly a lot of people are ashamed to admit if they don't possess the intelli- this like type of intelligence because it's so ingrained in our education system that we have to be good at this to be smart and if you are good at maths you know that's really admirable it's what you're good at not everyone is good at that though. yeah exactly but I just wanted to quickly address something about intelligence that this has reminded me of Um, There were subjects in school that I was great at and others that I really wasn't. But the ones that I wasn't good at, I still wanted to understand. And it didn't matter too much to me if I, you know, didn't get an A or a B, but I wanted to learn and I'm still like that today. But I went to my Irish teacher one day after class uh, because we have Irish as a language subject in school back home. And I was placed in the ordinary level Irish class, but asked my teacher when I think I was like 13 or something at the time, um, if I could be in the higher level class because the Irish language was so important to me and still is and I was willing to put in the effort to increase my grades and when I asked her this she told me no oh. <laughs> she said that I wasn't able for it and that the class was full and this actually ended up costing me the chance to take higher level Irish in my senior years in school when I was um, doing the leave and start which is our final exams before college and you know I was willing to learn and not many 13 year olds would say the same I feel but Yeah, that was shot down by my teacher. I mean, this is the education system. And I still remember her for that 14 years later. And I was really sad that day. I felt really stupid. But here a teenager was saying, you know, I want to learn. And the teacher was like, no. Yeah, the willingness (laughs) to learn and succeed in that situation should have been enough indication for your teacher to progress you further, you know. Mm -hmm. Who is she to say that you're not capable of something? So it shows that education is circumstantial. And if you want it which is great, you're not always entitled to it. Absolutely. It's so circumstantial. Um, Well, I mentioned earlier why the different types of intelligence have been hidden from us. (laughs) Well, intelligence is equated with certain subjects. Mathematical intelligence is key for getting certain jobs, i.e. high-paying jobs. Yeah, people with mathematical intelligence often end up in engineering, accounting, or computer programming. So naturally high-paying jobs, which is, I'm sure why, society places a high importance on mathematical intelligence. Yeah, but also there are a variety of good high-paying jobs outside of this too, so don't be too discouraged if you're like us and you're not mathematically inclined (laughs) exactly very very true and you may be really strong in one area of intelligence but also have abilities in other areas so we don't talk about how educating children is more than just being good at math history and science there are different jobs for different reasons people are good at different things Exactly, which brings us to our next intelligence, which is musical intelligence. Yeah, we personally know a lot of people with this intelligence. A lot of our friends out here in LA are musicians. You also used to be very musical, Soph, right? Yeah, I guess. I studied it for six years in school and played a few instruments here and there. And while I have a good ear for music and understand a lot of uh, rules in music, playing an instrument does not come easy to me. (laughs) I'd have to practice a lot just to sound like half decent, whereas it comes naturally to so many people. And this is their intelligence. So someone with this intelligence would be good at thinking in uh, patterns or rhythms and sounds. Yeah, see, I'm not good at playing instruments, but I have a really deep love for music. And for me, I hear music and have a creative mind for the visuals for it. Like, you know, I picture a music video. So 
that's where any of my musical intelligence lies but playing instruments or singing is not a talent of mine well it does say in the study that musically intelligent people have a strong appreciation for music so yeah we'll stick to a strong appreciation for me and that's it (laughs) (laughs) I mean I've never met anyone who didn't appreciate music I actually have met people that have said, I don't really like music. Like, I don't really care for it. (laughs) I know. Who says they don't like music? I know. What does that even mean? Okay. (laughs) Well, anyway, moving on. Another intelligence that is often overlooked and considered more of a talent, actually, is kinesthetic intelligence. I hope I said that right. (laughs) So this would be athletes, dancers, and even actors. Yeah, this intelligence is often considered to be a talent. That's very true. But when you think about it, it's totally a form of intelligence to be naturally good at body movement performing actions and physical control Mm -hmm. you know we both danced for a long time Soph and for most of my years growing up I was an athlete so like I played soccer for like 13 years and I'm still really inclined to at least enjoy playing most sports but for me I would say it's more of a hobby yeah I did uh, ballet for most of my childhood and teenage years but I loved it more as a hobby more than anything else and I was not good at sports. I never wanted to engage in it. (laughs) A lot of people assumed I was shite at sports, but I know why I hated participating. It was the competition aspect of it that I was uncomfortable with and I was shy when it came to sports. But Uh like I mentioned uh, earlier, you can possess multiple intelligences or be particularly strong in one so it's not uncommon for you all listening to be nodding along or identifying with multiple categories of intelligence I was definitely stronger at dancing than I was at sports but they are still under the same umbrella of intelligence it's definitely an intelligence to be able to move in ways that not everybody can or learn athletic skills or dance moves quickly I find that a really intelligent aspect of someone not just a talent yeah exactly there can be a few intelligences here that you're strong in. Uh, So the next intelligence we're going to get into is visual and spatial intelligence. I'm going to guess here and say that these are probably artists. Yes, that's exactly it. (laughs) Also architects and even engineers can fall into this category. So people with visual spatial intelligence are great at visualizing. Uh, They're often good with directions as well as maps, charts, videos and pictures. Uh, For me, designers definitely fall into this category too. Um, I'm not necessarily great at painting, but when it comes to videos and designs, I'd say that's more of my strong suit in this category. Interesting. Yeah, I love the idea of uh, interior designing and I have all these plans for our apartment and future (laughs) house, but it also stresses me out so much because I know I'm not good at it. You have to think about (laughs) it more. Yeah, I wouldn't have the first idea about like what to put where. But I have a question that I want your opinion on, actually. Would you say that even if we don't possess one of these intelligences or they just don't come naturally to us, do we have the potential to boost or improve our intellect in a certain area of intelligence because I'd love to be an interior designer (laughs) (laughs) just joking that's definitely interesting I mean I'd say you always have room to improve your intellect and intelligence yes even if it doesn't come naturally but I also understand that at least one of these intelligences will come naturally to you and that's probably an indication of what you'll succeed in Um, I also think you need to strengthen other areas of these intelligences to be able to reach your full potential, though. So, yes, you can and should definitely seek to improve yourself. 
Uh, for me, I'll never be good at mathematics, though. But there are other categories that I could work on for sure. So I might be able to play the cello one day really well. Maybe if okay. you if you really, <laughs> really practice and study. Okay. <laughs> well, the seventh intelligence that we're going to chat about is linguistic and verbal intelligence. This is kind of both of us, Soph. Like it combines both our talents too. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, people who are strong in linguistic verbal intelligence are able to use words well both when writing and speaking combining me the speaker and you the writer (laughs) (laughs) well it's interesting because i'm more of the linguistic intelligence rather than the verbal i think you're actually no i know i'm better at like yeah sitting in a room alone writing than i am speaking publicly and i know that's ironic because i do a podcast but Writing comes way more easily and naturally to me than speaking. For you, speaking is easy peasy. (laughs) What's interesting, though, is it says here that these individuals are typically very good at writing stories, memorizing information and reading. And I was never good at memorizing information. When I used to be a host on TV, the producers would have to just let me talk because I could never memorize a (laughs) script. It was like, you know, I was like, okay, give me all the key info and I'll rework it and I'll just talk and say it. And that's exactly what you said earlier about you and like a class or a lecture. Yeah, I was yeah. like writing you notes is not going to work. Same thing. But yeah, for me, memorizing is yeah another thing that I am not good at. I just found that interesting. That was a key like characteristic of this when this is probably our strongest ones where it's like, well, maybe not memorizing, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I have to write down all my thoughts on things like no matter what it is I have to write it down all the time because I tend to forget even the most important things like that I was thinking yesterday or (laughs) the day before but yeah journalists or broadcasters for example they would fall into this category very well um as well as tv and radio presenters also writers and editors uh teachers or lecturers and even lawyers um can fall into this intelligence and when i think of you and i doing the podcast i'm answering my own question now from earlier (laughs) um but i have definitely gotten better at using my verbal intelligence since doing the podcast which i have struggled with in the past because you know every episode I'm practicing so much so yeah maybe one day I'll definitely play the cello (laughs) do you just want to play the cello I would love to be in an orchestra playing a string (laughs) instrument absolutely never say never I just find that the most like that's the coolest thing ever yeah but yeah going back to what I was saying earlier about the jobs you know I just find it really interesting like if anyone's listening if they're thinking of a career to go into and like what their intelligence is you know it's really interesting to think about you know journalists and teachers lawyers like they all need this particular skill and it comes naturally you definitely have to have a way with words to be a lawyer too so it would fall into this category absolutely Well, the last one on here we'll touch on is naturalistic intelligence, which is a more recent addition and apparently has been met with the most criticism and skepticism. Um, It was originally only the seven intelligences um, that this one was added at a later time. So according to Howard Gardner, people with this type of intelligence are more in tune with nature and are often interested in nurturing, exploring the environment and learning about other species. Lol. Howard Gardner adding the nature (laughs) intelligence. Love to see it. (laughs) Well, yeah, he literally came up with all of them. Yeah, Um, I know. But these individuals, yeah, naturalists um, are said to be highly aware of even subtle changes um, to the environment. Uh, which I can totally understand. And gardening, for example, is a real skill that many people do not possess. Um, But understanding nature is definitely something a lot of people lack. And we see this when we see the lack of 
care for our environment and planet. So very much Greta Thunberg and very not Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this would be someone more inclined to enter into a field of biology, gardening, farming, um, even landscaping, which you could say are also people that have visual spatial intelligence. So there's two coming in. Um, Or you could work in environmental activism. Yeah, I think this is definitely a type of intelligence. I'm surprised it was met with skepticism but I guess our society sees things like this as more of a hobby which isn't true because this is an intelligence that comes naturally to some people and there are so many jobs where someone would need to possess this intelligence. Of course you know even like being musically intelligent that is that has been considered uh, a hobby yeah not an intelligence but yeah I agree we need more of this type of intelligence because naturalists are able to relate to their natural surroundings which not many people give attention to um people with this intelligence are also astute when growing plants vegetables and fruit and another interesting aspect to naturalists is their relationship with animals they are you know good at training and understanding animals so uh caesar milan for example the dog whisperer he's definitely a naturalist the, like, guy right yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well after going through them all what do you think your strongest ones are and this is a question for our listeners and also just to you so yeah i would say intra personal intelligence uh linguistic maybe verbal intelligence and naturalistic intelligence relate to me most i think yeah what about Aww. you I think my strongest two would be linguistic and verbal intelligence and interpersonal intelligence. So speaking and interacting with people, shocking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely shocking. Definitely you. Um, Yeah, this is actually such an interesting discussion. I love this episode. I feel like these different intelligences are not emphasized enough in society. And, you know, they really help young people flesh out what it is they might want to do with their life but also anyone of any age who was taught to believe they were less intelligent than the person standing next to them. I just think knowing what we're good at and what we actually enjoy doing may direct us down a path in life that may really suit us to our core because we're all intelligent and the assumption that we're not is completely false even the worst people you can think of they may be ruining a lot of things but they probably have the best interpersonal and communication skills that they use to their advantage but don't use your intelligence for bad (laughs) yeah you know we sort of like we equate people getting good grades to equaling a good job even though the subjects we're graded on include like maybe two of these eight intelligences we discussed so We don't consider actually catering to all of these different intelligences in school in order for young people to have access to them and then build a career that's right for them, you know? So um, actually that that simple sentence is going to be my takeaway today. Yeah, love it. Short and sweet. (laughs) No, you're absolutely right. And I'll keep my takeaway short too then. Um, Well, if there's anything to take away from this topic, it's to recognize and acknowledge your intelligence and play around with it, you know, embrace it. I love that. So that wraps up today's episode then. Yeah. We love hearing your stories on how you're living a non-traditional life. So keep them coming and follow us on Instagram at Shifting Her Experience and send us a message on Instagram or review our podcast on Apple to be featured as our next Woman of the Week. And if there's any teachers out there listening to this episode, let us know your teaching methods. We'd love to hear your approach. We know times have changed since we were both in school. So we hope that the concepts surrounding intelligence and learning has changed too. Yes. And also don't forget to download, rate and review our podcast 
and share with your friends to spark a further discussion on this topic. And let us know what intelligence you think you're strongest in. See you next Tuesday. Bye.